everybody, and welcome back to the Loose Change Podcast Football Edition. We got Kyle, we got Tyler Two Cents here, ready to talk about week three of the NFL, and we're going to introduce some new segments. Isn't that right, Kyle? We got uh, buying or selling the hype. We got our survivor picks, as always. We're doing some quick picks this week, but we're going to start it off with our favorite new segment called WTF is going on. Kyle, I'll start with you. What the fuck is going on with Kyle Pitts? Oh, this one hurts for a lot of people, though. I grabbed Pitts in the third round, um, mm-hmm. sometimes even earlier. Like, I've seen him go in the second if you're playing in like a tight end premium league. I think you just have to kind of ride it out right now. Like, you invested so much capital. If you sell him right now, you're just losing tons of value. Um, one of the big things that I think you have to pay attention to is Mariota. And he's been this way ever since college was he has this tendency to throw to his first read or he takes off or dumps it off to his safety valve. Right. Which makes sense as a running quarterback. Yeah. I mean, it obviously worked out really well for him at Oregon, but what we're seeing is a lot of these play designs are targeting Drake London and he's the first read that's why you're seeing him get heavily involved tons of targets and Pitts just isn't getting those looks he's starting to block a little bit more last year he only blocked on like five percent of passing plays or I think it was a little bit lower than that and this year he's up to about 15 percent of passing plays that he's blocking on so that loss of Hayden Hurt uh, Hayden Hurst in the tight end room just kind of put that strain on Pitts to be a real tight end um but honestly, Pitts is a guy that I'm buying low on. I just uh, traded for him in one of my dynasty leagues. I mm, think really? that, yeah, I think that management steps in at some point and says we spent the number four overall pick on this guy. <laughs> He's a six six freakish athlete with like four four speed, and we are zero and two. So let's well, that's get what doesn't make sense, ball. right? Because like through two games, Kyle, he has 19 yards and two catches in each game. So 19 yards, two catches game one, same as week two. He was drafted, like you said, as the third tight end in fantasy behind Kelsey and Andrews, not putting up anything close to that production. But as the number four tight end and the most freakishly athletic tight end we've seen in the NFL, maybe ever, like this is crazy how good he is. Why is he not the first read? In Atlanta, like that is that's just bad play calling, right? You have to draw up plays for your number four overall pick. Yeah, it, it's bad play design by Arthur Smith. I mean, this guy unlocked the aging Cordero Patterson, but then somehow sent <laughs> right. Pitts to the shadow realm, and it just doesn't make sense. Like you can line up Pitts out wide and make him your primary read on at least a couple of plays. You know, there's no reason he shouldn't see five, six targets a game, if not more. So if you're a manager of Pitts, you're probably panicking, but you're not going to trade him unless you had a crazy offer. If you're not a manager of Pitts, are you going out there and trying to trade for him like you did in Dynasty? In Dynasty, that makes sense. But in a redraft league, do you think Pitts figures it out this year? Um, Or does the Atlanta Falcons figure out how to get the ball to Pitts this year? Um. I think that they will figure it out eventually. I don't know how long it's going to take them, but at some point you're going to look at the Falcons. They're probably going to be 0-3, 0-4. So if they don't get Pitts involved in the next couple of weeks, you either seriously consider bringing in a different head coach that hopefully schemes things up a little differently, or you have your general manager, owner stepping in going, 
what the fuck is going on, Arthur Smith? <laughs> there's fantasy managers out there that need pits to produce. So, and there's a lot of fantasy man- managers that they went running back in the first round, and they're not feeling too hot about it. Kyle Pitts in the third round, you're not feeling great about it. There's a lot of people that picked running backs in the first round that might be freaking out a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about some of those, starting with Derrick Henry. Kyle, he got 7.2 fan for these next purposes of fantasy points. I'm going to be using 0.5 PPR. It's the easiest way to do it. 7.2 half PPR points, 8.5 half PPR points for your first round running back. You want double digits at least. Do you think Henry is going to be a problem like this all year long? What the fuck is going on with Henry? I, I'm a lot less confident in Henry and a lot of it just has to do with the state of the Titans offense in general. Yeah, totally. So the biggest thing that sets Henry apart and like you just kind of indirectly mentioned it is the PPR points don't make a huge difference to Henry. Um, You know, he's not catching the ball out of the backfield very much, maybe, you know, two, three times a game, but he's not the guy that's going out getting eight to 10 targets. No, when the Titans were down last week, they didn't, they couldn't rely on Henry because you can't just run the ball. So they, instead of trying to air it out, they took a knee and put in their backups. So AJ Brown was a huge loss for the team. Um, I, I mean, Henry is coming off, <coughs> excuse me, a foot injury. Yeah. Um, and he just hasn't looked as good as freakish. We haven't seen any like huge hit sticks or trucks or stiff arms this year. And I expect there will be some, but you're not getting that like number three overall pick value out of him. Um, if I'm in ha- a Henry owner, which luckily I'm not, I don't have him in any of my six leagues. He was just a little too expensive for my taste. He does have a pretty easy schedule over the next like three weeks. Um, so I would look for him to have a big game in the next week or two. Uh, they play the Raiders next week. Uh, I believe that they play uh, Washington somewhere in the next three games. You can get so, some fantasy points there. Yeah, like you, the hope is just kind of the Titans are at least in the game and marching the ball downfield. They'll hopefully see some more red zone looks and Henry scores some touchdowns. You know, maybe you get that 20, 30 point game out of him and then you sell. <laughs> um, yeah. Henry's not a guy I want to rely on in fantasy playoffs. So if you can turn him around and go get a good wide receiver or another uh, solid running back, I would be all over that. And the thing is, like you said, the Titans, they're going to be down a little bit in a lot more games after their schedule gets harder later on the season. I don't love Henry when the Titans are losing. And I picture the Titans to be losing in almost every game here on out. Like I'm officially off the Titans wagon at the start of the year. Our first podcast, I said Titans to win the division. (laughs) I think the friggin Jags have a better chance of doing that to be honest like i don't i, I agree with you it's not gonna like happen the, now the jags the jags dismantled the colts who are my pick to win the afc south and like it's not a strong division i don't think any team in that division at this point is making a deep playoff run but no if i had to pick now like the jags at least have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball where they at least have a titans, ceiling right the titans don't yeah exactly the, the titans i feel like have they hit their ceiling last year. That's true. <laughs> yeah, losing AJ Brown and Taylor Lewan, like Tannehill doesn't look good at some I point. I forgot Taylor Lewan's gonna... out. 
sell yeah, Henry. So at some point, you think they're just going to flip the script. They're probably going to get Malik Willis in there, give him some reps, and just try to let these rookies develop and punt the year, essentially. Like, I don't think that they're going over 0.500 on the season. You would probably rather have these next two guys over Henry, Cook and Eckler. You'd rather have both those yes. two, right? I'm still going to ask Absolutely. you, WTF is going on with those two, though, because they're drafted in the first round. Um, they're producing, on average, about nine fantasy points, which just isn't what you wanted when you picked Eckler or Cook with the fourth or fifth overall pick in your fantasy league. Are you worried about these guys going forward? Do you do you think it's more of a what the fuck's going on, or is it just week two, we're gonna figure it out? Um, with someone like Cook, like he's in a completely different offensive scheme, which gives you it gave me a lot of confidence at the beginning of the year, but now I'm kind of in wait and see mode. Um, the Eagles game was a really big kick in the nuts to O'Connell and his offense. And I think that they're going to go back to the drawing board and think, what can we do differently? A lot of teams are going to go watch the film on that game. And they're going to see that if you can take away Jefferson, the Vikings can't do anything offensively. So you're going to see double triple coverage on Jefferson. And then you're going to see the Vikings struggle to move the ball. So if you're a head coach, you have to be prepared for that. And I think that Cook is your next best playmaker on that offense. So you have to get him involved, whether it's in the passing game, it's in the running game. Like they didn't even try to use Cook last week. Like they yeah. he had the ball like six times, I think he carried it. So I expect that to change. Um, and the Eagles realistically have a strong run D. So um, I, I expect Cook to, to make a bit of a comeback. Again, I don't really think you're going to get that value out of him. Um like you had paid in the, like your fourth, fifth overall pick. But I do think O'Connell is smart enough to adjust and, you know, figure it out, get Cook more involved. So do you Cook's think guy he's that more I would try to buy valuable low. than Eckler? Uh, if you had I'm to probably pick one. on the Eckler, I would pick Eckler yeah. just because Eckler is part of a better offense, honestly, is what it comes down to for me. Uh, I think Cook's realistically the better runner, but Eckler's going to get more work in the passing game. And if you're in a half PPR, PPR league, you got to take those valuable receptions. I would agree with you, except like I agree that he's in the better offense, but I see Joshua Kelly coming on the field. I see, um, I don't know. I just see a couple of running backs out there for the Chargers when I'm expecting it to be Eckler time. And maybe it's because Eckler's a little banged up or something. It's just, you know, it may be worry a little bit i don't have eckler in my, any of my leagues but it makes me not want to trade top dollar for him right now but yeah, yeah um i definitely wouldn't want to pay top dollar for any of these guys if you're trying to acquire them you're trying to acquire them on the cheap um especially if you're in like a keeper or dynasty league like they're they're all aging backs um my vote of confidence for eckler comes from the fact that it is a much more potent offense that you're expecting to score a lot yeah uh, joe lombardi loved eckler last year utilized him in the goal line utilized him on passing downs and realistically joshua kelly and sony michelle like they're not the pass catching type of back so i'm expecting you know like eckler he wasn't effective on the ground the last couple of weeks, but he had 10 targets last week. Yeah. So, it's just, I'm I mean, so annoyed that Michelle's getting the red zone work. You know what I mean, Kyle? Like that's, and that's what's that, we're yeah. here. 
that's a big difference from last year because Eckler saw all the goal line work last year. Um, so we'll see. I think that they may have to switch things around if they aren't succeeding offensively. But honestly, I just think a lot of Eckler's points come from the passing game and hopefully it breaks off some big plays. Fair enough. And that has been our first ever segment of what the fuck is going on. Um, yeah, we'll bring it back next week. Maybe if we have some more players that we want to figure out what the heck is going on with them. Moving on to our new segment, buying or selling the hype throughout the year, the NFL, we ride the wave of hype, baby Monday's overreaction Monday. The best teams just won. The worst teams just lost. And we're going to be doing that with fantasy a little bit later with players. Let's start with teams. Kyle, my Eagles, Jalen Hurts led them to a 2-0 start now, baby. Are you buying or selling the hype on the Eagles? And I'll put it at like this standard. Now people are talking about them as like a top five team in the NFL. Are you buying or selling that hype? Hurts, don't it? <laughs> um i'm definitely buying the hype here um Woo! you and i've had multiple conversations about this but oh, yeah if you looked at the eagles roster in the off season they're stacked like uh, oh, the addition yeah. of aj brown just made this offense so insane they won They've the off season. Got a great they won sure. the off season like they did they draft really well um jordan davis got, jordan davis is huge and like that's why why players like cook weren't able to run the ball effectively if darius slay can take out justin jefferson and just eliminate him from a game imagine what he can do with other wide receivers that aren't nearly as good um i don't expect it to be quite that extent you know when you have a better uh quarterback throwing the ball but i mean slay looked so good he was just feasting all over that oh yeah and he's a top five corner in the league there's not a spot on the Eagles roster. Where I'm like, wow, they could really improve. Like, yeah, their, their O-line's good. Sanders is very capable running back who looks good every time he gets the ball in his hand. You've got two very good receivers in Brown and Smith and Goddard catching the ball. And like their defense between Slay and Bradbury, you've still got Cox and Davis up the middle. Mm. Um, like TJ Edwards has looked really good too. Like I, mm-hmm. they're just, there's nothing wrong with their team. And like, I think that you could compare them to the Rams in terms of like a top to bottom roster. Um, They just, they've been overlooked because so many people slept on Jalen hurts. Everyone thought he was a great fantasy quarterback. Wasn't a solid real life quarterback. And he's proving to be both. So I remember I said, the first thing I said when I introduced the podcast, the football podcast, I said, I'm an Eagles fan. I believe hurts could be the new Lamar Jackson and is a franchise quarterback. And through two weeks, I'm looking pretty good. Um, I'm not going to say he's a franchise quarterback with the new Lamar yet, but does it not look like he's well on the way this season? He's number three in MVP voting already. He's looked so good. He's just so capable with the ball in his hands. He's making plays wherever he needs to. Um I was a little disappointed that he kind of sputtered out at the end of that game because it cost me a lot of money. But um, <laughs> would you, you know, need I, another I just, Hertz TD? Hertz passing touchdown, AJ Brown receiving touchdown. Any of the two would have made me a very happy man. Maybe next and week. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, maybe next week. Um, but yeah, like I mean, that on top of the fact that they're playing in probably one of the weakest divisions in football right now, like they they just have a walk into the playoffs. I think so. 
Yeah, the I'm hoping for a bye at this point. Literally, like this is where the season shifted from hopefully we can win the division, competing with the Cowboys to now let's go get that bye and make a run in the playoffs here. We're only two weeks in and this hype train is going crazy. But yeah, you and I are both buying the shit out of it, obviously. Right. We're buying. So Eagles, yes. Are we buying or selling the hype on the Detroit Lions? I mean, I love this coach. Hard Knocks was amazing this year. And there's something lovable about a team that's just never been good. But it's still the Lions. Kyle, are you buying or selling the hype? The Lions are another team that I paid close attention to. We've got some buddies that are big Lions fans. And they're a team that I don't think anyone wants to play this year. <laughs> like, you, this is a game that you're circling on your calendar because, like, it just it's scary. Their offense looks so good. And you've got Jared goof at quarterback. <laughs> um, but like a lot of people forget that golf led the Rams to a super bowl appearance. They were the best team offensively in the league that year. By that a mile. happened <laughs> like two if years ago. Watch, that happened Two years ago. And like, he's not anything special at quarterback, but he's getting it done. He's getting the ball to the playmakers. He's not making very many mistakes. And the biggest thing for the lions right now is their O-line looks so good. If you go back and watch some tape of the O-line specifically focusing on the O-line, they are moving mountains. Their backfield is averaging like seven yards per carry and they're getting probably like two to three yards of space on every single running play. Well, Kyle, week one, Swift broke his first rush, broke 50 yards. He had another run for over 20 yards in that game. Last season, the Eagles didn't allow one 20-yard run the whole season. Yeah, and the that was a season. big thing. Like the Watching the Lions play the Eagles, some people were probably like, oh, you know, the Eagles' run defense isn't that good. The Eagles' run defense is fantastic. The it's Lions' been good. offensive line is just so good. <laughs> like, yeah. You, like, I encourage anyone listening to this to go watch some tape of that Lions' offensive line. Um, they're just unreal. I think that the Lions' biggest weak spot right now is their defense, but like their number their two defensive line, though. Hutchinson? Not one, not two, but three sacks for Hutchinson. Like, um, they're not, not going to win a Super Bowl this year. <laughs> three sacks. Um, he looked really good. They're not winning a Super Bowl this year. Um, and I think they honestly might be playing too good if they want to try to get their quarterback of the future next year. Um, but if you're a Lions fan, you're super excited about this team and where the ship is headed under uh, Captain Campbell. So I- I'm excited to watch them. I think that they're maybe a cusp playoff team. But yeah, if I'm buying based on probably where they're ranked right now, like I, I think that they'll finish. Above Are you buying that they can make a playoff spot? I'm buying they can make a playoff spot. Absolutely. Wow. And that's really all Lions fans have wanted is just one playoff win. If they can sneak out one win this season, it would be their Super Bowl. That's all they want. Their, their they win need. their win this week. They they were everyone was ecstatic. Yeah. I mean, I was pumped for <laughs> Imagine Dan if Campbell, it was the man. playoffs. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You'd love to see it. Like it's just such a uh, underdog story and they've had such their run of just bad events 
and mm. they've had talented players come and go. So Slay Stafford. It's exciting to see them actually step up. And like they're gonna get Jamison Williams back halfway through the season too. <laughs> and it's just like when was he drafted again? 13th overall, I think. Yeah, so like high first round wide receiver in the today's oh, NFL, yeah. that's like pretty much a guaranteed hit. Unless you're the if Eagles. That's if a he, hit. <laughs> unless you draft Jalen Rager. Yeah. Darius Slay had more catches than Jalen Rager on. <laughs> Thank you for play. pointing that out. <laughs> By the way, I loved how much they were booing that guy. I saw the oh. Eagles offense walk off the field and hear the boos. I'm like, Philly fans are unforgivable. Hurts is looking good so far. And then I realized, oh, Rager's there back catching the punt that's why they're booing and then they did it to oh, him four more times <laughs> like this guy that's I like the it. ultimate move by howie it's like we're sending you to the team that everyone criticizes that we drafted you over justin jefferson see so you in week two play with jj <laughs> yeah exactly that is awesome okay yeah so i'm kind of a yeah with you so i'm buying that they could make the playoffs i'm not putting money on that they would I don't think they do, but I would be cheering for and happy if they do. I put it as like a 30% chance, and that's pretty good for the Lions, if you ask me. Are on to buying or selling the hype Dolphins version. The Dolphins Ugh. looked not as good as the Ravens. They just didn't. They were getting outplayed. Lamar was the guy. They were playing well, but just not as good as the Ravens. It looked like the Ravens were clearly in the competing for a Super Bowl tier and Miami's competing for a playoff tier. And then two in the fourth quarter with these crazy bombs. Is it Ravens fan Kyle? Is it the secondary? Is it the Dolphins? Are you buying or selling the hype after that crazy week two comeback? Oh, I was so excited watching this game and it very quickly went to the what the fuck is going on segment. <laughs> yeah, right. um, <laughs> so as a Ravens fan, I obviously follow this a little bit closer than probably more uh, or some others would. Um, and I'm pretty inclined to sell just because Miami looked awful through three quarters of football like the Ravens just they were having their way with them offensively Xavier Howard couldn't stay in the same realm as Rashad Bateman like he was all over it and like they were just moving the ball however they wanted to well they weren't handing off to the running backs but you know like Lamar was having his way however he wanted it Um, but a really big piece that a lot of people overlook is the Ravens secondary health so Marlon Humphrey came out for the whole fourth quarter Marcus Peters was playing in his first game after returning from his ACL injury last year. So he was on a pitch count. He only played about 50 snaps. Um, And we had three rookie DVs in the game. Um, Specifically, we had Armour Davis over Tyreek Hill. Um, And then we did have Peters in the game for part of it. Who the fuck is that guy? (laughs) Um, But yeah, it was like, there's miscommunications on the back end. Uh, I'm... I'm not worried. Like, I think that the Ravens figure it out and they learn from this. And obviously that's a huge gut punch for them. But like the biggest thing is Miami's not going to be held out of any games. Like they're not going to be like the Titans where they're down 41 seven and they wave the white flag at the end of the third and just throw yeah. in their backups. <laughs> like Miami is going to play to the end of every single game. 
and they're going to have a chance to come back in any any game that they're in. Um, I, I think that they're a playoff team. I said that from the beginning because I yep. like Mike McDaniels and what he's done with this offense. Their defense looks super questionable, so they've got to figure some stuff out there. Um, just with how Lamar had his way with everything. But like they showed that you go out and acquire Tyreek Hill and yeah. it's paying dividends to your young quarterback and – you know, they're never going to be out of a football game. So they play the Bills this week. That's going to be a super interesting matchup. Oh, I can't wait for um, that. That That's the ultimate test for them, I think. Like, if they just get shit on by the Bills, you know, it was a, it was a fluke that they came back. Like, I can't believe can't, that's a you, 1 o'clock game. How is that not the primetime game? I don't know. I honestly have no idea. But, yeah, I, I, that's going to be the ultimate test for them. And, like, you can't play one quarter of football every week and expect to win your game. So yeah, fair enough. we'll see. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine that, that we were right in what we said at the start, we both kind of projected them as a 10 to 11 win team. And I still think they finish around there in the playoffs and yeah. could make some noise, but absolutely will be underdogs to the favorites in the AFC. Like, the Chiefs, the if they would even be underdogs to the Chargers and the Ravens still. I still put them below those teams in a different tier. But if they match up with the Ravens again, I would take that all day long. Absolutely. Exactly. Moving on, uh, our last team before we go into the fantasy version of buying or selling the hype is the Giants. I'll keep it short and sweet. No, I am not. The Giants are the Giants. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, they're not going to make the playoffs. It's they could go six and zero, and I'm not going to believe the hype. They'll miss the playoffs. Not buying the hype of the Giants. How about you? No, I'm not buying the hype of the Giants. Like, you know, they had they start off two zero. They played two super questionable teams and just barely squeaked out wins. Bingo. They look better than last year. Like. The offense behind Joe Judge was brutal last year, so it's exciting to see some fresh blood and whatnot, but I still expect them to just be a speed bump on the Eagles' road to becoming NFC's champions. So, Yeah, I think that division is locked up by week 14, 15, honestly. Not and earlier, probably. Yeah, probably. Jags players. Is this real life? Is this just fantasy? caught in a no but seriously kyle is this real life with james robinson is he this running back that's number one is drafting the 10th round is just going to make etienne drafters regret drafting him in the fourth uh this is so tough um i thought i had this backfield figured out going into the right. draft <laughs> um so but i hedged a lot of my etn bets and picked up robinson late it's always good, good to job. have a high quality handcuff mm -hmm. and you just like there was already rumors out of camp that Robinson was the one. Um, I think Robinson looks good. I think he's always going to have a role in this offense, but eventually ETN's talent and draft capital is going <laughs> to win out. Um, the Jags looked really good last week. I think if they start to sputter or struggle that they're going to look to ETN a little bit more, get him more involved. It's kind of same thing with Pitts. Like you go and draft a, a running back in the first round, which is pretty much unheard of in the NFL. Especially right as now, the Jags, like happen. you don't have the luxury as a, a bad team. If you're the Chiefs, you can draft CEH in the late first, but like the Jags yeah, who like, out getting Etienne, you're like, oh, you're using that guy. That was such a surprising pick. Like they had so many holes to fill and they went out and drafted a running back after James Robinson had a thousand yard rushing season. Yeah. So what the fuck? <laughs> like, I mean, I know that they've made some coaching changes and stuff, but like 
ETN has that chemistry with T-Law. I think a lot of it is easing ETN back into it, getting him adjusted to the game plan. Like he didn't play at all last year. Um, I, I think that you'll see ETN start to get a little bit more involved to, uh, in the later halves of the season and whatnot. So uh, he's someone that I would stash on my bench. I'm not putting ETN in any of my lineups right now until I see a little bit more consistency. And if you have Robinson, like maybe try to couple him with someone and get an upgrade at running back, you know, like try to go buy low on, if you're in a redraft league, try to buy low on these Dalvin cooks and Derek Henry's or uh, Austin Eckler's like, yeah, you never know how frustrated that other manager is going to be. If you throw in like Robinson and a, a another quality starter, like maybe you you get someone that you can plug into your lineup more consistently week to week. So he's someone I'm selling personally if I have the opportunity to. Um, and ETN's a stash for me. Yeah, for me in one of my fantasy leagues, Kyle, I went very wide receiver heavy. So I got Diggs, I got Devonte Adams. You know, I have Jalen Hurts on the team. So I'm stacked up, but at running back, I had to kind of go with rookies. I got Brees Hall. I got Etienne. So these are guys that I'm pretty much having to start because it's a 14-man league. And I've been really invested into this Etienne situation because of that. I'm figuring out, do I trade for a running back? And you know what? I'm with you. I think Etienne's going to get more work. I've seen a lot of red zone plays drawn up for him. They're clearly looking to get him in the ball, and he's a part of their game plan no matter what. He's seen 50% of the snaps. Robinson's seen the other 50%. I wish it was closer to a 65-35 split for Etienne, and I think we could get there as the year goes on. So I'm buying Etienne, and I'm selling Robinson, if you can, for an upgrade. I'm not selling Robinson... Um, for anything more than an upgrade at another position, though, because I do I still believe that he's fancy relevant the whole year. I do agree. Like he's he's going to see his role in this offense no matter what. So like he's still going to see probably goal line work and everything. Um, but yeah, I 100 percent agree. You only sell Robinson if you think that you're getting an upgrade at one of those positions. He's still flex consideration across the board all year. What about Kirk? Like this guy's posting 15 points, half PPR, then 23 points the next week. Uh, he was wide receiver 27 last year, Kyle. Now he's wide receiver seven through two weeks. Obviously, we expect it to rest a little bit. He shouldn't be a top seven wide receiver, I wouldn't think. But do you think a top 15 finish is in play here? Are you buying or selling the hype on Christian Kirk through two weeks? Um, I'm a big fan of following the money and the Jags paid Kirk a ton of money. That's he's a great clearly point. The alpha. Yeah, he's clearly the, the alpha in this offense. Um, so a lot of it just comes down to Lawrence and how much confidence you have in Lawrence. It's, um, I mean, he's clearly taken a bit of a step forward and you don't have Urban Meyer there anymore. So they looked really good last week. And if they can continue to just play well as an offense, uh, there's no reason to think that Kirk should be outside your like wide receiver two consideration. Like I think he's a high end wide receiver two with wide receiver one upside occasionally week to week. So like, yeah, right around that, like I I'm buying that he's probably going to be a top 20 wide receiver, top 15. I start to get a little weary. Okay. Rank these wide receivers before we dive into them a little bit quicker, these rookie wide receivers in order of how you expect them to finish the season fantasy-wise. Drake London, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, and Dotson. 
Um, from top to bottom, I'm probably going London, Dotson, Olave, Wilson. Okay. Okay. For me, I'm going London, Olave, Dotson, Wilson. Look at us. Yeah. I think Drake London is going to be the rookie of the year at this point because of how, unless art like Artie Smith figures this out goes, all right, I need to get pitch the ball. It seems like all they're doing is having pits clear out the way for London to work underneath. And as a London owner, I don't hate it. And I think if you can somehow buy him, you can and try to do that. But I am buying the hype, not selling one bit of hype with Drake London. I'm buying the hype, not selling one bit of hype with Dotson and Olave. Dotson has three touchdowns. I think that'll regress, but he's playing 99% of the snap. So I'm okay with that. Wilson's on the Jets. And the only reason I'm worried is because he's going back to Zach Wilson at quarterback at some point. And I just, I'm, I'll have to wait and see. With the targets from Flacco, I don't know if that will translate exactly. But yeah, London, Olave, Dotson, I'm buying and starting all of those guys in my flex spot maybe even higher as the season goes on. Wilson for sure right now too, but I'm all over these rookie receivers. If you drafted them, good good on you. Unless Pickens was your guy. Drop that guy. He's not going to work out. <laughs> Honestly, like the rookie wide receivers just consistently year to year, if you'd go and draft them, like they typically hold their value going into year two, even if they're awful. <laughs> um, like, Pickens will still be worth something at the end of this year if you tried if someone tried to trade him in Dynasty. Oh yeah. Um, so it's always good to try to target these rookie guys later in drafts. Um, the reason why I have London at the top is pretty much what you mentioned and what we talked about with Mariota is like London is their number one read, and I don't see that changing unless they shift to Ritter at quarterback or we see a coaching change. Um, London's going to continue to be their read. He saw 12 targets this past weekend, and I expect that to regress a little bit, but there's no reason I think he shouldn't get like eight targets a game. Um, and, you know, hopefully they get Pitts a little bit more involved, space it out. But like London looks the part, he's passing the eye test, and he is going to be the number one read. He's got no competition uh, for wide receiver snaps, so he'll be on the field a lot. Um, I have Dotson coming in uh, second just because a lot of people just faded him uh, for no reason. I was one of those guys. I wasn't so much concerned about the talent, but more concerned about the offense that he's in. You and I talked about it. I'm not a big fan of Wentz. Um, but, I mean, Wentz has been getting it done. And now Dotson's seeing more snaps than Scary Terry. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure he saw more snaps than Curtis Samuel as well. He did. So, I mean, you've got a, a good trio of wide receivers. So, it's going to be really hard for defenses to adjust to that. And Dotson's going to be the type of guy that, you know, he could put up one, two touchdowns a week, if especially if Washington's playing behind in games. So Let me ask you um, this, Kyle, wanna... while we're on the Washington subject, I who would you rather have in fantasy between those three receivers? One to three, Samuel McLaurin and Dotson rest of the season. Really tough. Not keeper I, uh, rest of season. Probably Dotson. I think I put Dotson above McLaurin, man. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Uh, McLaurin McLaurin's been a pain in my ass ever since I've gotten him on any of my teams. Like I have him on a dynasty team and I just never know what to do with him. I've tried mm. shopping him. 
it's like, what do I do with this guy? He, some weeks he goes off and he's the wide receiver one on the week. And then other times he disappears. And it seems like he just, he salvages his day in like the fourth quarter. He gets like a 40 yard catch. That's right. Yeah. Like, okay. That's at least a decent stat line. But if you paid, like, if you're sitting there watching your lineup all week, you're like, oh my God, come on, Terry, let's go get something done. <laughs> right. Need a play. Scary Terry is kind of yeah, a double entendre. Me, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, I went ahead and put Dotson in my lineup over DK Metcalf last week and it worked out quite well. Honestly, so, fair enough. Um, don't be afraid to plug him into your lineup. Take some chances. Um, the commanders are going to air it out a lot. Uh, Olave, I have coming in. Uh, third just because he has a lot of unrealized air yards they're targeting him deep um and even though he only had five receptions last week he saw 13 targets uh, 300 air yards what (laughs) yeah 300 like seeing crazy air yards like they clearly want to get him deep he's getting really high value targets um so if some of those start hitting he's fantastic um i think you have to tamper expectations a little bit just because kamara was out this week and then you're gonna Obviously, Landry and Thomas are going to get their piece of the pie, too. So, yeah, specifically uh, Thomas. Yeah, Olave is someone that, like, I'm super excited for if I have him in, like, a dynasty or maybe even a keeper league um, because you probably got him pretty late. Um, But his rest of season outlook is not nearly as clear as someone like Dotson or London just because he has a little bit more competition. Um, And then for the same things you mentioned with Wilson, he's at the bottom of mine, even though I think he's probably the best wide receiver of the four. I think that him going from Joe Flacco to Zach Wilson is it's inevitable. And we know that Um, you think Wilson is the best of the four receivers, like talent wise. Yes. Yeah. The best four on the jets or the best four rookie receivers we're discussing. I think he was the best rookie wide receiver in this class. Like if wow, you watch okay. Wilson, he's such a polished route runner. He knows how to create space uh, without actually engaging with the defender. Um, he's just very agile, very good in his footwork. So I, like, I think he's the best wide receiver. And again, his dynasty looks probably the best out of all of them, but it's that shift in quarterback. That's going to make him probably a little bit less valuable. We don't know what Zach Wilson is going to do. If it's anything like last year, it was abysmal. Um, And he's still not seeing more snaps than Corey Davis or Elijah Moore. He's kind of competing with Berrios for the slot snaps right now. So, you know, he's obviously a guy that I'm happy to have on my team. um, And I'm going to plug him in to my lineup if you've got some juicy matchups, but you got to wait and see what happens with Zach Wilson. If you could sell Wilson really high right now, I'd be all over that. Um, more so in like a redraft league and dynasty keeper i'd be hanging on to him for sure and our last buy and sell fantasy player this one that i've been considering trading for in a couple leagues because i have lamar jackson as quarterback and i think the stack would be nice it's rashad bateman this guy, he's a he's a Ravens receiver, so I just never really know. With watching Hollywood all those years with the Ravens, I not all those years, but those couple years with the Ravens, seems like he'd have an amazing game and then just not targeted for a whole half. And because they didn't need to, because it's the Ravens, they're probably up 20 points. But Bateman's had a couple good games back to back, and he's clearly the, the best receiver on the team at this point. Are you buying or selling the fact that he is going to be a top 20 wide receiver this year in fantasy? 
I would buy he's going to be a top 20. Yeah. Fantasy Pros um, has him as 22 right now. Rest of the season. Yeah, so, so I, I would buy he's going to be top 20. Marquise Brown, uh, a.k.a. Hollywood, drops everything. Um, <laughs> he was, I think, the wide receiver 12 last year before Lamar got hurt. Uh, and then uh, Tyler Huntley coming in really dropped that. So that'll do it. I, I, I'll go on record and say that Bateman's a better wide receiver than Hollywood Brown. Um, Hollywood was a burner, um, or that's what everyone kind of saw him as. And Bateman has um, clearly the top end speed that Hollywood did, but he's got softer hands and more polished route running. The Ravens have shown this year and even last year um, that they want to be able to pass the ball as well. So I think this year they're going to pass the ball a little bit more than they have in the past. <clears throat> kind of depends on what J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards look like towards yeah. the um, towards their return. That would be my bigger concern with them. So like if you can get a, a sweet deal and selling Bateman, I would probably take it just because you don't know what the uh, offense looks like when Dobbins and Edwards are back. But honestly, like, I, I think he's a top 20 wide receiver, like a 15 to 20. Um, he's the alpha in this offense. He's going to put up wide receiver two uh, numbers each week. So I'm expecting that he'll consistently produce like, you know, four to six targets a, a game. Uh, and yeah. Who would you rather have him or CD lamb rest of the season? Bateman. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the questions on fantasy pros is, those kind of guys who would you rather have like gabriel Dave- davis or bateman that's, that's probably tough. closer right yeah that's probably closer like cd's outlook for me is just purely based on the fact that Dak is out and like he still didn't really target cd a ton like that offense just doesn't look great um and michael gallup will be back by the time Dak's back so um whereas bateman's just like the clear-cut alpha gabe davis i think is gonna he might fin- have a higher fantasy finish than Bateman, honestly, but I think he's going to be a lot less inconsistent week to yeah, week. Yeah, I think week to week he has a safer floor. Who, Davis or Bateman? Bateman. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think Bateman's just going to be more involved in the offense because he is the alpha, so I'll take consistency over the boom and bust uh, all day long. I love it. And that does it for our are you buying or selling the hype? fantasy edition and kyle i would like to point out that both of us did get our survivor picks right last week so shout out us even though i went eight for eight for total picks you picked packers on the podcast and then in our survivor pool amongst our friends you went steelers (laughs) like a goddamn animal (laughs) but for podcast purposes, you're still 2-0. You've gotten the uh, Packers off your list, so you can't be using them. You picked Ravens week one, right? Yep. Yeah, so I picked the 49ers incorrectly week one. I picked the Rams right week two. But week three, the highest favorite is seven points, the Chargers. They have an injured quarterback, maybe, so I'm not even sure what's going on there. The other six-point games are like road favorites in divisional matchups like the Eagles and the Bills. So you never really know how that's going to go here. I had a super tough time picking my survivor pick this week. Uh, Who'd you end up going with? Who is your survivor pick of the week? So you're going to love this, but I'm going Eagles. I'm just going to ride the hype train. 
Um, <laughs> I think you always got to ride the hot hand and the Eagles may run into some speed bumps along their uh, road to victory, but I don't think that the commanders are going to be one of them. Um, mm. Expect a good game, but I, I think the Eagles will pull it out. Yeah, man, I think it's going to be a closer game than the line suggests. It's six and a half points there. Um, I think the Eagles win. And because they're a wagon right now and that there's no other survivor pick that I could think of, I too am going to burn my favorite team this early on to the survivor year. And I'm picking the Eagles over the commanders. If Carson Wentz beats the Eagles after what happened last week with how good the Eagles looked, it would just feel wrong and weird. And I don't see that we're in that universe. You know, there's multiple universes. We're not in that one. So you and me are both on the same page. Eagles. Yeah, I'd be a little, I'd be a little more inclined to take the chargers if there was a little bit more clarity around Herbert, but I mean, there's a good chance Herbert starts the game and the lines are fine. And then suddenly he takes a big hit and they pull him. Um, the team doctor could puncture his lung um, <laughs> middle of the week and you just 10 minutes before know. the game it could happen <laughs> yeah so i'm not um gonna ride it out um i think that there will the chargers will have lots of great matchups so you can use them down the road so i'm gonna roll with the eagles here let's go eagles make it three and oh Carson Wentz is going to have a couple of touchdown passes, but you also know that Brandon Graham is getting that forced fumble on that guy at some point in the game. You just know it's going to happen. Absolutely. So that's our survivor pick of the week. That's also in the one o'clock hour. So we can keep it up from there. We both have the Eagles winning that game. Um, How about your Ravens visiting the Patriots Ravens favorited by a field goal still. I personally will not bet on the Patriots unless they play the Bears or something. So I'm going Ravens all the way here. I'd also take them to cover the three points. The offense is just not dynamic enough on the other side. Quick pick, Kyle. Where are we going? Ravens, Pats. I'm going Ravens by 10. Matt, if you're listening, go Ravens. Yeah, Ravens by 100. Bills at Dolphins. This is going to be a fun game to watch, but there's no chance we're going to have a football podcast, watch those first two weeks of football, and come out here and say that the Bills are going to lose. So we're obviously both on the Bills here. Definitely going Bills. And if the Bills are are more than or less than a seven-point favorite, I'm hammering the spread on that too. It makes me want to use them as a survivor pick, but... No, I just can't do it. I can't do it. Not in Miami. Yeah, not in Miami. Can't do it. Bills. By sure, like for sure, betting on them to cover. Uh, Bengals at Jets plus five. (sighs) Plus five for the Jets. Uh, Bengals have not looked good yet, Kyle. Burrow's still the most sacked quarterback. They paid seventy-four million the offseason to fix this offensive line that has not been fixed. It might be more broken. Uh, Do you think that the Jets could pull off another crazy win here? It's definitely in the realm of possibilities, but I definitely have to roll with the Bengals. No, like (laughs) the Jets won on a complete fluke and it was their Super Bowl last week. I don't expect them to. I would love if they beat the Bengals. Don't get me wrong, Um, but 
yeah, I, I think that the Bengals, this is their get right game. I still think uh, Burrow gets sacked a ton. He's probably going to get sacked three, four times, but Jamar Chase, like they don't have anyone to match up with the second wide receiver. Like you can put Gardner on one of Chase or Higgins and then, then what? Yeah. Yep. So we're both on the Bengals. I think I would take the uh, Bengals to cover the five points here too. I think we just run into Flacco probably. running on magic. Flacco throws a couple of picks type of thing. Yeah, I think that that's probably a good bet. Lions at Vikings. Vikings favored by six points. I think the Lions cover here. I think they lose a heartbreaker. I, I think they lose by a field goal. By It's going to be a one-possession game. It's going to come right down to 0-0-0 on the fourth quarter clock. I take the Vikings in a real close one. I love the Lions, but I think the Vikings bounce bounce back, and it's Sunday at 1 p.m., so we don't have to worry about Kirk Cousins in primetime. <laughs> primetime Cousins. I saw a thing about Kirk Cousins, uh, a conspiracy theory about his astigmatism and that the bright lights make it so he can't see clearly. <laughs> um, it would make so... sense after what the balls to Slay were thrown. That was absolutely He's... ridiculous. <laughs> He's two and 37 in primetime games. Like, how are you that bad at Sunday, Monday, Thursday night football? Like, it's just, you got to watch that for that now. <laughs> I didn't even realize that was a stat. Um, I'm taking the Lions here. Uh, I'm going to stay on the Lions hype train. Um, they played really well against the Eagles, and the Eagles had no problem manhandling the Vikings. So that's where I'm kind of matching them up. And I think that the Lions just have more offensive firepower. If they can at least contain Jefferson, I think that uh, Lions managed to squeak it out. See, that's what I think it came down to. I don't think they can contain Jefferson, and you're absolutely right. That's what the game will come down to. If Jefferson has two TDs, 150 yards, the Vikings will win. If he's 80 yards, no TDs, the Lions won. That's what's going to be 100%. The Texans at the Bears. I'm going Texans. They're underdogs by two and a half. I'm not picking the fucking Bears, though. That's just not going to (laughs) happen. Like the fucking Bears. (laughs) Let's go Mills. Uh, um, I I'm taking the Bears. I don't feel good about this. Um, Honestly, if I could just like veto a game this week from <laughs> watching, one. like this is it. Yeah, uh, so true. <laughs> I'm not watching this game. <laughs> I, no, there's no chance. Like when Red Zone pulls up any sort of highlight, like once in this game, I'm probably just going to go grab a drink. Yeah, the two um, touchdowns that will be scored in this game. Yeah. Uh, the, only, the biggest deciding factor for me was that the Bears are playing at home in their swamp um home field advantage and i think that montgomery is just going to kind of run out well um did you know the fields only passed 11 times last week yeah and they were losing the whole game kyle yeah just i don't know what's going on in chicago they've got to make some changes because <laughs> fields is a baller in my eyes like he how can you throw the, the ball 11 points? times like i don't even understand how that's possible yeah. when you're losing since the start of the game how yeah like like I'm pretty sure Trey Lance probably threw the ball 11 times and <laughs> That's a good point. he was out on the second try. <laughs> <laughs> when you put it like that, like yeah. God damn. So, okay. Our, our, uh, our picks are kind of getting split first, up. We're going yeah. different in the last two picks chiefs Colts. We're obviously both going Colts here. 
Psych <laughs> Chiefs by a mile. Holy fuck to the Colts oh. suck. Matt Ryan, is he an NFL caliber quarterback anymore? What happened? Is it just lack I don't of know what is it the quarterback? Is it both? I don't like it just doesn't make any sense because like the Colts have a good O-line. They have Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman looked really good week one, missed week two. Missed week two, um, right? So but they scored zero points against Yeah, like they looked awful. Jonathan Taylor couldn't do anything. Um, yeah, Chiefs Chief should just run away with this game. I don't know how you go against them here. Absolutely. The Raiders at Titans. The Titans are underdogs by two points. Two 0-2 teams that had aspirations for the playoffs. Kyle, since the start of the expanded playoffs in 2020, there's been zero of 18 teams that started 0-2 make the playoffs. That's not good news for these two fan bases. At expanded playoffs, too, no one at 0-2 has made it before. Of the 0-2 teams, the Bengals, I could see doing it. And of these two teams, I see the Raiders as the better chance of doing it, too. The Titans are, to me, dead. Yes, the Bills ran their shit, and it's the Bills. But but outside of Derrick Henry, it is probably very easy to game plan against that offense. I'm not scared of Traylon Burks yet. And I'm not scared of Robert Woods. Therefore, I game plan against Henry and score 20 points. I'll win the game. The Raiders can absolutely score 20 points against the Titans. I have no reason to bet on the Titans. And I'm surprised that the line is even within a field goal. Yeah, the Raiders have definitely looked like the better team. They should have won against Arizona. That was just, you know one of those games where Arizona managed to turn it around towards the end. And that was a wild overtime, comeback. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the Raiders should have won that game. And I don't think there's any reason to believe that the Titans are the better team at this point. So I'm going Raiders here. I can't believe that they're that short of a favorite. Uh, that might be a part of the loose change parlay of the week right there. The Raiders uh, saints at Panthers. This one, the Panthers are, underdogs by a field goal but at home the saints looked like they just couldn't handle the bucks defense but Jameis winston also has seven broken parts in a uh, back at right now i'm not sure what it exactly is the fractured back it's something yeah something what do you think kyle panthers saints i don't know if i'll be watching this game at all either um, I think I just take the Saints in hopes that Kamara's healthy and they've got a wide receiver core that the Panthers can't match up with. Um, the Panthers haven't shown anything great. Uh, they just look okay, and the Saints still have a good bo- uh, roster top to bottom in my eyes, so I'm taking Saints. Oh, my God. I can't believe we skipped over the Thursday night game. Um. We just went through all of the one o'clock games, so we'll transition backwards a little bit to the Thursday night game. Steelers bronze. Uh opening line movement went from three and a half to four and a half. So Browns got favored more. Yet the public's been betting on the Steelers to win. So Vegas has seen their liability go up and they've asked people to bet on them even more. That means that Vegas really thinks the Browns are going to win here. And I hate to go against Vegas. So I'm going to go with the Browns. 
I wanted to go Steelers, but I'm just not going to be on the same side as the public on a primetime game. So give me the Brownies. With TJ Watt, it's a different story. Yeah. Uh, the Steelers just have always had the Browns number in these matchups. So I think I'm more inclined to take the Steelers just based off history and the way these two teams have matched up. Um, I'm rolling Steelers. What's super interesting about this game is that the over-under is 38 and a half points. Honestly, I'm not taking the over at all. I'm way more ready to take the under in that game. Yeah. Who's going to score? For Pittsburgh, who scores? Like, who can score on that team? That's it. Is he going to score two, (laughs) two, three touchdowns? Like, I can see Naj getting one, maybe... Trubisky can run in for one, but that's like best case scenario, 24 points for the Steelers, I think. Best case scenario. So, yeah, we're going different there. We'll see. That's it for the 4 o'clock, or sorry, the 1 o'clock hour. Moving on to the 4 o'clock hour. Jags at Chargers. I think this is one of those ones where I have to put a disclaimer. We don't know what's going on with Herbert. We're recording this Wednesday night. We think he should be playing... We don't know how hurt he's going to be if he does play. If he's playing, I'm all over the Chargers. And if he doesn't, I'm all over the Jaguars. It's that simple. Wow, you go that far, eh? I think, who is their backup? I don't know. But like, the the Jaguars have a good (laughs) team, man. And if it's weren't for, uh, if it's not for Herbert on the other side, I'm going to start taking them some upsets. But against the Chargers, and Herbert, I won't. So I'm all over Herbert starting Chargers. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, uh, I'm rolling with Chargers for sure. Um, I think even without Herbert, they still probably have the more explosive roster. Um, obviously changes their game plan a bit, but they just get their ball, the ball in the hands of their playmakers. Um, but who knows? Like, I mean, the Jags looked really good last week and it could uh, could shift. This could be a trap game. So for all you survivor pool pickers out there. Yeah, watch out. What about Rams Cardinals? Because the Call of Duty beta, Kyle, it came out recently. So I like Kyler to throw an interception a lot this week. I think the Rams went over the turnover (laughs) battle. I think Kyler looks a little sleepy by the fourth quarter because he was up all night for double XP weekend the night before. Doesn't get it done this time, even though he's at homes. I'll take the Rams all day long. Are you with me? I'm with you on the Rams. Yeah, Favorited by three be... and a half. Give me it. Come on. Yeah, I take the Rams. No, no question here. Like the Cardinals shouldn't even have won last week. The Rams have a way better roster. They the the Rams roster is better than they've been playing. For sure. The Falcons at Seahawks. These are two teams that I don't care about at all. And comparing to the rest of the four o'clock schedule. They're last on the list for me to be watching. Seahawks favorited by two. I'm cheering for the Falcons because honestly, I like Marcus Mariota. I really do. I enjoy watching him play. I, I just have a a soft spot for the guy. I like Drake London. I like Pitts. So I'm cheering for the Falcons, but I think the Seahawks win at home. I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. The Seahawks have one of the most hostile home environments. Um, in a four o'clock game, the Falcons just aren't anything special. And the Seahawks have looked good. Um, not great, but they look better than the Falcons. So I'm going Seahawks. With Mike Evans, I would 
think Tampa Bay would be the heavy favorites, or at least by 3.5 at home against the Packers. But they don't have Mike Evans because he did that stupid like play against Lattimore that always happens when he plays the same scores <laughs> after Lattimore blindsides the guy. Like, <laughs> what is he doing there? Do you think if any other player is talking shit to Brady, he would go and do that? Or is it just because Lattimore and Evans hate each other? Oh, they there's so much beef. Like, right? this has been years in the making. Um, they're always hand fighting. That's crazy. Um, and Evans has done this to him like two or three times. Now, this is the third so... time he's done it to Lattimore. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, what are you doing? Like, you know, you're going to get a suspension from that. It's so blatant obvious. Like, I don't even know why he appealed it. Yeah. But, that was a crazy um, appeal. Evans the Bucks win? It, I take the Packers here just because the Bucks defense is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they're going to be able to keep the Packers in check, but who is Tom Brady throwing the ball to? Like Godwin's probably still out. Yep. Evans is out. Like they went Julio. and signed Cole Beasley. Julio's maybe in, but like if, if he's in for a quarter, receiver, maybe. Yeah, like if your wide receiver course Julio and Beasley, how confident do you feel? Um just I I and I mean Fournette's questionable too. Like I just is he? I think oh, that the, boy. Yeah, the Packers kind of figured out that, and it was like I had mentioned last week, obviously it was only against the Bears, but they need to use their two best players on offense outside of Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and they did just that. They gave the ball to Jones like 15 times for 132. Um, you're just going to see them utilize those guys a lot, and I just think that the Packers managed to pull it out. Man, the Bucks have such a good run D, though. Man, it's such a hard pick for me to make here. With such elite quarterbacks, I'm surprised the over-under is 42. But then I think about the wide receivers, they're not that great. So it makes sense at the same time. I'm going to go Packers here. But I don't feel good about it. No, I don't. Definitely don't feel good about it. I ha- I'm leaving this Packers be a really just because I like Aaron Rodgers more, though. More than Tom Brady? Back-to-back MVP. In the regular season, I'll take Aaron Rodgers. In the playoffs, I'll take Brady. True. I, I'm with you on that. Rams at Cardinals, rounding out the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, sorry, we already did that. We already, uh, we already did that. Yeah. So, 4 o'clock <laughs> hour done. We're both on the Rams there. 49ers at Broncos is the Sunday night game. I can't believe that the Broncos are actually uh, underdogs here. They probably wouldn't be if Trey Lance was starting, but we got Jimmy G back in the fold. Kyle, Broncos underdogs at home. Are you taking the underdog? Russell Wilson led. Let's ride Broncos. No, let's not ride. Let's not ride. Um, Let's not do it anymore. Let's not not ride. ride. The Broncos have looked so bad. (laughs) Like Nathaniel Hackett he's not a good head coach. Like they need to cut ties as soon as possible. Um, Judy's hurt. So he might miss the game and that's already a big hit. Like, yeah, he didn't practice today. So I think he's not going to be in. And if he is, won't be, it will be a snap count. Most teams, when they lose their starting quarterback, they get way worse. Um, The 49ers got, arguably better a little bit more one-dimensional but you know that garoppolo can get it done um you know that he's going to get his playmakers involved and kittle should be back for this game too so i I think the 49ers take this all day 
a little sidebar because I'm curious to know what your opinion is before we get into the Monday night game. Uh, Kittle on the fantasy radar, a lot of fantasy managers are ready to ship him out because obviously you drafted him high. He's injured again. You'll never know if he's going to be healthy for the whole year. So you can try and maybe get some value trading for him. What's the market for Kittle? If you have an extra running back, extra wide receiver, what type of running back or wide receiver are you willing to make a trade to go and get George Kittle? What's the risk there? Would you trade like a Zeke for a Kittle? Would you trade uh, like a Judy for a Kittle? Um, No Lave for a Kittle? I would maybe, oh, like a Judy for a Kittle, I'd probably do. Uh, just because tight ends are way more difficult to come by than wide receivers. Someone like Zeke, I'd have a hard time. You probably, it depends on your roster makeup, but I probably wouldn't just because if if you don't know if Kittle's even going to be in the game a lot of weeks, like I'd rather just take the 12 points from Zeke. Um, and Olave, definitely in a redraft league for from a dynasty perspective, I wouldn't be touching Kittle. So Right, but in a redraft league, difficult. Olave or Kittle, who would you trade for would you rather have kittle Kittle. yeah yeah i i'd rather have kittle seasonal look it's super difficult to predict injuries um you it's a little bit easier long term when you start looking at like dynasty values and stuff like you know kittle's never going to play a full season in the nfl again um so i'd rather take the exciting young rookie and olave at that point but for redraft if you can get kittle for someone that you've gotten like the 10th round, probably a little bit later, even um, in a lobby in a redraft league, why wouldn't you get a positional upgrade at tight end? And then just, you know, take flyers on some of these guys like Jacoby Myers and some of these wide receivers that are still going to get you decent production each week. Yeah. You're just looking at like value in versus value out. If you're comparing Kittle, a healthy Kittle to other tight ends, you're getting way more points than say, a healthy Olave compared to the next best guy you can just find on a waiver wire. Yeah. Wide receivers are a little bit easier to come by. Uh, getting a top five tight end is pretty difficult. Interesting. Yeah. That gives me something to think about. Cause I might trade for Kittle now Monday night game Cowboys at giants. Oh, we got Cooper rush visiting Danny dimes. So here is a really tough one for me. Eagles fan, I don't like either of these teams. I don't want either of them to win. No way Cooper Rush goes 2-0, I think. But then I think to myself, there's no way Danny Dimes goes 3-0. But then I think to myself, there's no way that they would tie. Uh, would they? Like, <laughs> wait a second. Then I'd start to think <laughs> there, there might be a way that they could tie. And I think my pick is a tie. Yeah. <laughs> that's my pick i don't oh, want to pick either of these teams uh, to win <laughs> so i'm just, going tie if i pod. somehow nil oh, this holy shit am i clipping it uh, oh yeah you've got to um i'm taking the giants at home um i don't think cooper rush wins two on the road and i think that the cowboys run defense against barkley is just not good enough if so, you had to put a gun to my head i'll take giants but i'm still going tie here we go. All right. So how does that how does that work for our record keeping? Is that just an, <laughs> an L and a win? Like if they I tie, so. I, I win. If other right. team wins, I lose, I think. Well, okay, fine. I'll go Giants. 
fuck right. it. But I'm I'm doing a little prop bet, Ty. Here we go. Here we go. That is it I, for the uh, the week. I'm gonna cut in. I'm gonna cut in with uh, our loose change lock of the week. I think uh, you'll probably agree with me based on the conversation that we had. Um, I'm a big fan of three leg parlays. I think it's the way to go. For this week, we're loose going Ravens parlay? minus loose change parlay. We're going Ravens to cover the minus three. Absolutely. Bills to cover the minus six. Give me that. Bengals money line. How, yeah, you have to give me the Bengals money line, not the spread. Plus four fifty one, you put ten bucks in, you're getting fifty five back when you hit it. You can't go wrong with that. You want to get Damn. a little bit more creative. All in the I one o'clock hour good. too. You'd be a rich man and get to make some more bets by the four o'clock hour. Oh, just think of all the bets you can make Monday night football on Cooper Rush and Danny Dimes. Think about it. You gotta think about it. So that's the loose change parlay of the week. We got Ravens minus three, Bills minus six, and Bengals money line for plus four fifty. You're with me. You're. We agreed. This is the lock. Is the official loose change lock of the week. That is zero and two Officially. through the first two weeks. So hopefully Put your this change on it. Yeah, <laughs> man. Tweet that. <laughs> Put your two cents. All right, Kyle. That pretty much does it for week three of the NFL. Our fourth episode of football loose change edition. Let's end it on a joke. Okay. So, a guy walks into a bar. Orders a beer. Ask the bartender. Hey, are you going to believe this? This is crazy. I just found out that my girlfriend is actually a ghost. Bartender says, are you serious? How would you find that out? What are you talking about? He says, honestly, I had my suspicions the moment she walked through the door. (laughs) 